thanks to the Lord for what God has been doing in our lives. As a church, we have been pondering on what has been written and given, uh, what has been written in God's word, construction, uh, constructing, <laughs> instruction, <laughs> instruction uh, of the elementary teachings of Christ. And we started with faith and uh, Repentance and faith, we mentioned what repentance is. Repentance is just simply turning away from sin and turning to God. Faith in the Lord Jesus Christ, in the person of Jesus Christ, in the work of Jesus Christ, which is a finished, complete work on the cross of Calvary, and in the word of Jesus Christ, the words of Jesus Christ. Don't take the words of Jesus Christ like anybody else's words. His words are eternal. His word is established in heaven forever. Praise God. Heaven and earth will pass away, but his word shall not pass away. His word is as eternal as him. Praise the Lord. Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. The words that he, speaks, that he spoke, praise God, they are lasting words. They have stood the test of time. Praise God. You and I can bank on his word. Praise God. He will never let us down when we trust in him. So we have been looking into that and we followed the next step that's written in Hebrews chapter 6 verse 1. And we were talking about that. The Bible says, the writer of Hebrews says about the instruction on of baptisms. And we said that means, it's a plural term, that means the Bible talks about more than one kind of baptism. That's what we were talking about. And what are the different kinds of baptism? That's where we started last week and we went through it and we will move into the next part. Different kinds of baptism in the Bible. One, we said baptism unto repentance, which is the baptism of John the Baptist. Baptism unto repentance, unto the remission of sin. The next one we said was the baptism of Jesus, which is a very unique kind, one of a kind of baptism. Next we said was the baptism of the era of Jesus, the time that Jesus ministered, the three and a half years that Jesus ministered, the baptism that was going on. We talked about that. Then we talked about the believer's baptism. Then we moved into the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And finally, we talked about the baptism of suffering and the baptism for the dead. All right. So we talked about the seven different kinds of baptism that is recorded in the Bible. Out of that, we said what is applicable to us is three of them. One is believer's baptism. Number two is the baptism of the Holy Spirit. And the third one, baptism of suffering, it's applicable for those who would lay down their lives, become a martyr, or go through extreme kind of suffering for the sake of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So the first two, believers' baptism and the baptism in the Holy Spirit, God expects all of us to experience that obey that, receive that in our lives. The baptism of the suffering, only those who have been ordained to go through that kind of extreme suffering. We don't know. There might be somebody seated in the house of the Lord this morning that might go through it, but God will give them the grace to do so. And we talked about the baptism of the dead. For the dead, we said that it is 
not, it is a wrong teaching. Nobody should take that particular verse from 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 29, and make a doctrine out of it. Praise God. Paul talking about the resurrection, he uses that as an argument. There is no baptism for death. The Bible does not advocate proxy baptism. The Bible does not advocate substitute baptism. That's very clear, so we're not going to dwell on it. We're going to move to the next part where we're going to talk about what is baptism. We said that baptism is what? It's a spiritual right. It is a physical right with a spiritual reality. Praise God. Yes, it's an outward expression of an inward experience. And we talked about what Paul says about baptism in Romans chapter 6. We are dead to sin and alive to Jesus Christ. And we explain elaborately what it means to be dead to sin. Dead to sin simply means that you don't respond to sin the same way that you used to respond to sin. But now you respond to Jesus Christ because you are alive to Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. For we died and we buried with Christ. In baptism we identify with the death, burial, and resurrection of the, Lord, of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Now we want to move to the next part. We want to talk about what is baptism as it is written in the epistle. Apostle Peter writing about it, he says, baptism is a pledge of a good conscience towards God. It's a pledge of a good conscience towards God. Do you know what pledge means? How would you, how would you um, give a definition for pledge? Or how would you say, what do you think is, is pledge? What is pledge? Simple answer. Pledge. Somebody said something? Collateral? Oh, okay. All right. Huh. Submit? Hmm. Promise, okay? It's a pledge of a good conscience towards God. Pledge was a legal term. It's a legal term, okay? So whenever people enter into a contract, they are pledging that I promise that I'm going to do so and so. I will keep my part of the deal. I am going to do such and such or what is required of me, I'm going to live up to it. Peter is saying it's a pledge of a good conscience towards God. In other words, when the converts were prepared those days for baptism, they were told about the price that they might have to pay. So they are making a good pledge, a pledge of a good conscience to God saying, no matter what happens in my life, I realize that there's going to be trouble, there's going to be trial, there's going to be pressure, there's going to be persecution. Regardless of what I will go through in my life, I make a promise to God in good conscience, no matter what, I will not turn back. I will not let him down. I will not go back on his word. Guys, you and I live in a time and in a place, okay? And that's, both of them are important. A time and a place where there is least resistance to the gospel. Am I right? Yeah. 
you and I are placed in a place where there is least resistance to the gospel. I'm not saying that there is no resistance to the gospel, but this is the least resistance to the, to the gospel. And I believe that God has placed us strategically here because the world comes to America. The world comes to New York City. And all the more, that puts more responsibility for us to reach out to those that we could have never, ever reached. Those people are here. If you go to Flushing, you will find out you try to hand out the trash, it's very hard because you're dealing with one group of people who would not take anything from you. They won't. They won't. You know, we think that distributing trash is so easy. It's not. Okay? So there are pockets where people will just simply ignore you, people will throw it at your face right away. But then that's why God has placed this in marketplace. There's something called marketplace evangelism. As you interact with people, God has put you there strategically so that you are able to, you're able to impart and influence the gospel through your life and through your lifestyle. So we live in a least a place where there is least resistance to the to the gospel. Okay? The the, the, the furthermost that we experience is somebody throwing the track back at us or they say some, uh, use some profanity against us or something like that. That's all. But in those days, it was different. The Romans were in rule. And, you know, the Romans, they considered Caesar as their what? As what? As God. And if you were walking through the marketplace, a Roman soldier would see you and say, Hail Caesar! You were expected to respond to that. Do you know what were you ex expected to respond to it by? When he said, Hail Caesar, you would respond by saying, Hail Caesar. Then he's going to say, Caesar is Lord. And you will repeat that, Caesar is Lord. Do you know what the Christians did? The Christians were the only guys who looked very meek, but had the guts or the boldness in them. When they said, Caesar is Lord, they will say, Jesus is Lord. And do you know what they had to pay with? You know, the man would just take his thing off and just cut his head off. Because nobody would dare to say that Caesar is not Lord. When you say Jesus is Lord, they were making Jesus about Caesar. And that was not tolerated, not in any part of the Roman Empire. Praise God. Do you know when you study the Christian history, the history of the church, you realize that people paid a price. It's not the way it is today where people feel that they can just get up and say something and then, 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 then feel that you can just do whatever you want. No, they laid their life on the line. I wonder how many of us will have the, the, the boldness and the conviction to go through something like that. There are still people going through that. We saw the persecution that was unleashed in Iraq and Iran and, and some of those places where people just lay down their lives, where they were taken to riverbanks and they just cut their heads off because they would not recant or they would not, they would not deny Jesus. They will not give up on their faith. So that is the setting. 
and they make a good pledge of a pledge of a good conscience unto God saying I promise I pledge in with good conscience that no matter what I go through in my life I will never turn back on Jesus I will never deny Jesus I will not turn back on his word that is a pledge of a good conscience. So Peter is saying, when you're going through baptism, it's not to clean the dirt of your body. For that, you go and get a good shower, you know? But this is a pledge of a good conscience towards God. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. I want to ask that question, you know? How have we been maintaining the pledge of a good conscience towards God? Praise God. You know, Peter, when he's writing, he has gone through a phase in his life when he denied Jesus three times. Praise the Lord. But he realized that God was so merciful to him that God is a God of second chance. Praise God. Even when we let him down, praise God, he does not run us over. He's a God of second chance who's willing to give us the second chance that we need in our lives. So how is, how are we maintaining the pledge of a good conscience towards God? Praise God. May the Lord grant us grace as we go through highs and lows of our lives to maintain that pledge of good conscience towards God. Paul writing to the Galatians, he says, Galatians 3.27. Somebody read it out for us. 3.27. Yes. Anybody? For many of uh, for many of you as you've been baptized into Christ, huh? put on Christ, have put on Christ. Praise God. You know, for many of you, those who've been baptized, you have done what? You have put on Christ. So baptism is what? It is putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. You know, the picture is this. Isaiah chapter 64 says that our garments, they are like, our righteousness is like filthy garments of sin. Okay, so we take off that old garment of sin, cast it away, and you put on the new robe of righteousness. You put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. The old garment of sin is away with, and you put on Jesus Christ. When you put on Jesus Christ, praise God, what do you see? What do you see? Jesus. Praise God. You see Jesus. Amen. Okay. You cannot claim you went through the motion of baptism and baptism is putting on the Lord Jesus. What does the world see? world is supposed to see who? Christ Jesus. Now, the question is, is Christ being seen in and through our lives? Praise the Lord. You know, I have a live, live uh, example for you today, and uh, I'm going to call on, how many of you guys know uh, Timothy Richard Tebow? Tim Tebow is going to come.
जिन्होंने है दिस इज द बेस्ट आई कुड गेट इन ए वेरी शॉर्ट नोटिस बट थैंक यू थैंक यू फॉर कॉमिंग थैंक यू वन ऑफ दिस डेज मे बी वी विल हैव टाइम हियर राइट ओके ऑल राइट यू नो लुक एट दिस जर्सी So this is Tim, all right? Tim is wearing a jersey. What does this jersey represent? His team. Okay, do you know what team is this? There's an emblem here. There's an emblem here. Let me ask one of the guys here. Brother Danny, can you please tell me what team does this jersey represent? Florida Gators. All right. Florida Gators okay so that means this jersey tells us and everybody else that he is a what player huh he said what player right okay he belongs to the Florida Gators okay well you know what happened tim did a good job and what happens when you do a good job tell me what happens huh what everybody wants you when you do a good job you are in high demand people want you when you do a sloppy job nobody wants you all right well well this guy is doing a good job and so we decide that we're going to do what huh there is going to be a trade we're going to get him to the next team what is this Okay. This guy got picked by the Broncos, all right? He got picked by the Broncos. He was playing for the Florida Gators. Come, that's the football field, my brother. You get down there, you know? And in the first game that he's going to play for Broncos, he comes with the Gator jersey. Can you believe this? What do you think you guys will do? If you're a Broncos fan, what do you think you're going to do? What's wrong with him? Hey Tim, didn't you give up on that team? Aren't you in Broncos now? What are you doing with the Florida Gators? Come on. This get it has to be what? A change. So come 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 come. Come. Hey. So you cannot you cannot be part of the Broncos team with a Gator jersey. So if you are inducted into that team, you're supposed to be wearing what? The Broncos jersey, not the Gator jersey. So take the Gator jersey off, man. All right, nobody see that. <laughs> All right. Yeah, put that on. Jenny still loves you so okay. <laughs> All right, now guys, what happened? What happened? He took the sorry Danny. He took the Florida Gators jersey in and he put on what? The Broncos jersey. Why? Because he switched what? Switched the team. Folks, that's what happened in baptism. We were living for the world. 
but now we have taken off that old dirty garment of sin and we cast it out and we have put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Yes, I did wear this once. The world knew me by this. But now the world knows me by this. And that's what has taken place in baptism. The old man, the old self has died. I am dead to sin and I have been raised with Jesus Christ. I have put on the Lord Jesus Christ. Now as I walk through this world, people look at me and they identify me as one who is what? The follower of Jesus Christ. Praise God. That's what God wants from us. That's what happened when you took that baptism, when you said thank you, when you said yes to Jesus, praise the Lord, and say no to the world. Praise the Lord. Baptism, the Bible teaches, Luke chapter 7, 30, it is the counsel of God. The Pharisees, they rejected baptism, saying, we don't want to do anything with this. And the Bible says in Luke 7, 7.30, by their decisions, they were not saying no to the ritual, but they were saying no, praise God, to the counsel of God. Praise God. Hallelujah. Jesus, we talked about the baptism of Jesus. You know, imagine this, Jesus comes to the scene. John the Baptist says, no way. He's the one who identifies him. says, behold the Lamb of God which takes away the sin of the world. And as one who's supposed to take away the sin of the world, Jesus is perfect, he's sinless. Jesus comes to Jordan River to be baptized by John. John says, no way, Jose, it's not going to happen. No. It's not going to happen. Jesus said, suffer, allow it. So that all righteousness may be fulfilled. The perfect sinless one. He submitted himself to the plan of God. Because he wanted to become a role model. The Bible says he went into the water. And came up out of the water. The Greek term ek. E.K. is given there showing that he went into the water and came up out of the water. As he came up out of the water, there was a, there was a voice from heaven that said what? Huh? This is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Praise God. You know what baptism is? Baptism is praise God. Baptism is what? Baptism is an act of obedience that pleases God. Praise God. Christ, the perfect example, when he was baptized, heaven said, this is my son in whom I am pleased. When you obey the commandments of God, you please God by your action. Praise God. Too late, Dennis, you missed it. Praise the Lord. Amen. Where's Dennis, my friend? I want Dennis, my friend, here. Okay, let's move on. Okay? Um, coming to baptism. Jesus.
Jesus, our perfect role model, he submitted himself and heaven testified, attested to it by saying, this is my beloved son. Is baptism a must? Yes, it is. It is a must. Very much so. Why? Three things, four things. Number one, God the Father instituted it. John the Baptist said, the one who sent me to baptize. In other words, John was commissioned by God to go and do baptism. So God the Father instituted it. Number two, God Jesus, the God the Son, Jesus Christ, commanded it. Mark 16, 16. Praise God. Number three, the apostles inspired by the Holy Spirit commanded that repent and be baptized. Number four, the early church consistently practiced baptism. Praise God. So is baptism a must? Very much so because the Bible says so. Praise God. Because the word of God says so. Because the Lord Jesus Christ commanded it. And we see that it is a picture of identifying ourselves with the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So is it a must? Yes. None of the commandments of the Bible are unimportant. Every one of them are important. Important. The commandments, the commands in the Bible are not optional. What Jesus said is not optional. You know, um, we live in a world where, where all our tests are what? Most of our tests are what? Multiple? Multiple choice. You know, pick one, pick one, pick one. And then we, got, we go, go everywhere. We got so many options. You go to buy something, there is so many options. Everything. We live in a world which is full of options. So we have become option-centered. We want options. We want options. You go into a restaurant, if before you go to a restaurant, we, you have an option of where you want to go. Once you go into a restaurant, you have an option of what you want to pick. Unfortunately, people also come to church with the optional mentality of thinking that we can do what we want to know. What the Casperas commands of the Bible are concerned, they are not optional in nature. When God said, repent and be baptized, when Jesus said, repent and be baptized, it was not optional. You cannot pick either one of them. The order is very important. Repent and be baptized. You don't get baptized first and then repent. No, the order is important. Repent and be baptized. The other is no option given there. Every one of them is important. We cannot pick and choose which one we want. Praise God. What the Lord says, you just simply follow. Praise God. Is there conditions for baptism? Yes. There are conditions for baptism. The conditions of baptism are very easy, very, very clear. Mark 16, 16 says, yeah, believe, those who believe must be baptized. 
repent and be baptized. Acts chapter 2. Praise God. Acts chapter 8, verse 35 to 37. Somebody read it out for us, please. Mm. They went down both into the water. Read, read the verse where he's asking him. Okay. Yonak is saying what? What is he saying? Hey, here is water. Why, why don't you baptize me? So Philip is asking him a question. If you believe with all of your heart. Praise God. If you believe with all of your heart. There's only one condition for baptism. You believe with all of your heart. What do you believe? That Jesus died for your sin. He died instead of you. Praise God. You receive him as the Lord of your life. You receive him as your savior. You repented of your sin. You put your faith on him. And he says, if you believe with all of your heart, you May. Praise God. Hallelujah. Praise God. So the condition of baptism is that we believe with all of our heart. Praise God. Now, what does the Bible promote? Does the Bible promote adult baptism or infant baptism? What does the Bible promote? Adult baptism or infant baptism? Adult baptism. How many of you guys see adult baptism? Wave your hands. One, two. Somebody says neither. Most of the elders in the church are saying neither. I don't know. That's right. Which one is the right one? Neither. The Bible does not promote infant baptism. Neither does the Bible promote adult baptism. The Bible only promotes one kind of baptism. That is the believer's baptism. Guys, if you say you believe, you are baptized. Believe what? Believe on the Lord Jesus Christ. Praise God. Unlike today, you know, in those days when they presented the gospel, they received Christ as their Savior, and they got baptized. You know, they don't wait like for four days, five days, 100 days, three years, and then got baptized. No. Praise God. Because it's linked together. How do you get saved? If thou shalt confess with the mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, thou shalt be saved. Confess with your mouth, believe in your heart the Lord Jesus that God has raised him from the dead. Thou shalt. What is baptism? Baptism is believing that he is your savior and that you are identifying with the burial and resurrection of Jesus Christ. You believe what he said. You received him into your heart. Now you're enacting that when you identify, when you go into the water. It's a picture of the old man died and you're buried. And when you come out of the water, praise God, the new person comes to walk in the newness of life. Praise God. What does the Bible promote? Does the Bible promote um, sprinkling or immersion? Well, 
I told you when Jesus was baptized, the Bible says he came up out of the water. The Greek term ek is used. Philip and eunuch went down into the water. If baptism is identifying with the death, burial, resurrection, Jesus, praise God. When you and somebody dies, what do you do? You bury them. Praise God. You go into the water. It's a picture. It's symbolic that you are identifying with what he has done. Praise God. The Bible is very consistent in its teaching and the symbolism, the meaning, everything is very clear. Praise the Lord. Praise God. You know, in our Christian life, there is ups and downs. There's ups and downs. Nobody's always on a straight plane. Nobody's always soaring high. God desires that we soar high all the time. But sometimes there are slips and falls and falter. That's why John was so clear in his writing. He says, my dear children, I write to you that you do not sin. But if anyone does, we have an advocate with the Lord Jesus Christ who speaks on our behalf. Praise God. So when ups and downs come in our life, you know, the Bible tells us what is the provision for us. What is the provision? The provision is what? Go to Jesus and tell him what, Lord? Lord, I messed up. How many of you guys have messed up like Peter did? Like Peter did three times. I don't really know what. At least one brother is raising his hand. There is one Peter in the house. Praise the Lord. I thought there were two. The other Peter just kept quiet. <laughs> Listen. The one who wrote that, it's a pledge of a good conscience. He messed up big time. When he messed up big time, what did he do? He cried. Praise God. He cried. He realized that he did something wrong. And there was a turnaround in his life. And Jesus came up to him on that beach, on that seashore by that Lake Galilee. He came there by, 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 that, by that seashore. He came there and Jesus reinstated him. Nowhere in the Bible does, does the Bible say that once Peter messed up big time, he went back and Jesus went to that beach and got him baptized again. No. Praise God. When you and I go through life's ups and down situation in our lives and doubts comes into our mind, whether we have really, really serving God, praise God, you go up to the throne of grace. That's what Hebrews 4.16 says. Let us therefore go up to the throne of grace. Call him up our father. Tell him things as it is. Praise God. Get right with God. Getting right with God is going up to him and asking him to sprinkle that blood of Jesus and cleanse us. Praise God. You know, there is a new trend that is going on. My friend from Chicago called me up and said, Pastor, are you aware of the new trend that is going on? I said, what is that? He says, the new trend is people, when they feel doubts in their mind about their standing with Christ, when they don't have the assurance that they are, they are following Jesus, they waver and they go and get baptized all over. 
Some go and get baptized in the name of Jesus. Some go and baptize in, in, in different names. That's the reason I put the seven different baptisms that are recorded in the Bible. Some are even believing in proxy baptism. The Bible does not teach proxy baptism. The Bible only teach believers baptism. One faith, one Lord, one baptism. Praise God. We should be aware of what we believe in. Praise God. We cannot just sway with the winds of change that comes. You cannot be swaying with the trends of the time. You don't have to follow what everybody else is doing. You follow what the word of God says. You stand firm in it. You stand fast in it. You believe what God says. I still remember when I got baptized back in 1980. Praise God. You know, I only knew a fraction of what I know today about baptism. A fraction. When I take baptism class, I always think, Lord, I wish I knew all these things about baptism. I just did not know. I only knew a small fraction. You know, but I have never ever doubted that my baptism was not authentic because I got baptized. Even if you did not understand every intricate details of baptism because the Bible, it keeps unveiling. This is a treasure. You know, it keeps unveiling. The more you read, the more you meditate, the more you mull over it, it keeps opening up. It keeps opening up. It keeps opening up. Praise God. That doesn't mean that you doubt your experience, your obedience to Christ. If you didn't understand anything, if you just got baptized because the Bible says, repent and be baptized. Because Jesus said, be baptized. That's all. Praise God. The Bible is clear. Jesus says in Matthew chapter 28, go and baptize them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost. Praise God. Very clear. May God help us to stand fast in the principles of God's word. All eyes closed. We are going to pray and we will conclude. Praise God. Hallelujah. How is the pledge of good conscience that we have? Praise God. Have we gone back on it? If we have, God is a God of second chance. He gives us another chance to come back to him. He will never let us down. Praise God. Hallelujah. Yes, it's putting on the Lord Jesus Christ. What kind of garments have you put on? Have you put on the Lord Jesus? How have we been identified? Through our actions, through our words. Hallelujah. Through our disposition in life. Praise God. May God grant us the grace to be true and faithful in reflecting, in exhibiting Christ to a world around us. Never doubting. Praise God what Christ has said. Praise God. Don't try to measure the word by our experience. By measure the word based on what Jesus says and bank on the promises of God. Father Lord, we thank you. We praise you. We thank you for the privilege that you gave us to know Jesus as our Savior. 
We thank you because we acknowledge that you are the lover of our souls. You loved us so much. We love you. Lord, we pray we will be found true and obedient to you all the days of our lives. Never wavering. Grounded in the truth of God's word. Grounded in the love of Christ. May we continue to excel in Jesus' name. We pray and everybody said, Amen. We'll prepare ourselves for the table.